Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. It would seem weird to me that he would say something unsubstantiated like that on Twitter, right? That seems a little odd to me. So, you know, I'm not going to say this guy's a, a pedophile or anything like that, but he has lived in Thailand for six years straight. That is a little fishy. And, uh, like, considering from where the source of it came from, that does maybe add a little bit more credibility to it, too. Because, like I said, like, I don't know, Elon Musk seems like a pretty smart guy. He doesn't seem like somebody who's going to throw around the pedo accusation to just about anybody. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay, a mortgage, or your rent. All these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to calm the captain's head, the icebergs only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy, but what feeds the tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own death spies, remember when the world was wise, we Dear listeners, how are you on this fine day, or bad day, more likely, as it is the middle of winter and a fine day is nowhere to be seen? Uh, We have a special episode, kind of. We were so overrun with preposterous headlines this week uh, that we're just kind of going to do headlines. We're just going to tennis back and forth some of the ridiculous and hilarious things that we've been seeing crop up. My name is Kieran Stevenson. With me, as always, Darcy Moran. Hello, listeners. Hello, Kieran. Hello, Darcy. Hello, headlines. Hello, headlines. Uh, it's a fucking cavalcade of majesty this week. So, without further ado, Darcy, would you like to start us off? Our first headline comes from The Guardian newspaper. The Guardian. It's by Catherine Murphy. She's the Australian political editor. Mm-hmm. Peter Dutton contradicts Morrison and says migrant cut positive for the economy. Yay. Yay. I love a bit of fucking infighting. So, Peter Dutton is working from a uh, political interpretation of what is good for the economy in a way yeah. that Scott Morrison, to his credit, is not. Yeah. Scott Morrison is essentially just thinking more people makes big economy, makes better economy, because that's how the treasury works. Yep. That's pretty much their job. Mm-hmm. Does it go up? Good. Does it go down? Shit. Yeah. Some boilerplate kind of mathematical uh, interpretation. Nice, refreshingly straightforward economic thinking. Yeah. Whereas Peter Dutton has a slightly more what he calls nuanced view no. of what constitutes <laughs> yeah, a good bet, economy. I bet he calls it that. <laughs> Peter Dutton, right, this is the argument. By letting in Mm. fewer people but better people, the always helpful and never problematic quality before quantity argument when applied (laughs) to human beings, never a problem (laughs) historically (laughs) at all. By letting in fewer undesirables and... Also fewer, but relatively more desirables. Mm. The productivity of the country will go up yeah. per capita. That's what 
Dutton is claiming. Yeah, a South African farmer in the hand is worth, worth two desperate Azerbaijanis in the bush, essentially. Well, yeah, except that that's a generous ratio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's say 12. Yeah, yeah. Azerbaijanis. Um, <laughs> actually, they're all right. Though. We, haven't, we haven't been bothered by the Azerbaijanis No, yet. it's just the most fun they're, nationality to say. It's so. also, though, they've got nowhere they can run to, really. Mm. They're in a very unfortunate position if they need to get out. Yeah, You've maybe got that's why they're keeping their heads down. Erdogan to the south of you and mm. Putin to the north of you and really not much else going on anywhere in the region. Yeah, just keep quiet. <laughs> Let the Kurds take the heat <laughs> from Erdogan and the... Oh, my God. Know, yeah, that's true. They've just got... Putin. They're surrounded by less popular ethnic minorities. And they've got the... <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they're just not that... Azerbaijanis aren't responsible for it or anything, but they've had some good human shielding in the past. Mm, cool. I don't know anything about Azerbaijani We're politics We're fucking not history. getting any further. That's already enough of a detour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Sorry, Azerbaijan. So, yeah. <laughs> the theory is, yeah, by bringing in more productive migrants, yeah. you'll get a better return per capita on GDP. Sure. Except that... We firstly, it doesn't help the customer base. No. And secondly, there's no guarantee that the point system leads to more productive migrants. Because... Because historically, all of our very productive migrants have been they've, from well, they've, all over the they've world. They've often been low-skilled people who've set mm. up local businesses and things. Low-skilled, but high-motivated, as it were. Yeah. But on a productivity point of view, there are two big problems. One is that Australia already has a glut of qualified workers. Yeah. So introducing more highly skilled workers is going to be of negligible use when there's not a customer base, a local customer base to support them, or in the case of, say, medical specialists, scientific specialists, adequate funding to employ them. Mm. There's also a uh, very real and slight problem in that if you are encouraging highly skilled graduates from the developing world mm. to immediately leave the countries that could ill afford to train them mm. and come to Australia, what you are doing is creating a perpetual brain drain on the developing world, which mm -hmm. means it will pretty much always remain the developing world, oh, I think which that... will mean if you don't like migrants, you are going to have a constant stream of migrants. Yeah, although it's very much within Dutton's sort of wheelhouse of interests to keep the developing world developing. Oh, yeah, no. Since view depends explicitly absolutely. on, like, racist it's ideology. It's incredibly ironic that a man who's devoted oh, his yeah. immigration minister career to there not being any immigration yeah. um, is uh, helping create an international political and economic situation that guarantees yeah. we'll have a constant supply of migrants. Yeah. But that's just always that's always the irony is that he gets into immigration because he fucking hates brown people, not because he's yeah, no, passionate about Tory the, politicians choose the portfolio they want to destroy and yeah. go about it. Right. And that's been true since probably the seventies. Yeah. And uh yeah, and they're always like this is this idea that they're always projecting and self-defeating and stuff just keeps playing out in on grander and grander scale so like i'm not at all surprised that dutton would be like here's how we solve immigration uh firstly what we have to do is 
dissolve immigration immigration departments in foreign countries. Then uh, we need to starve them of food. Then we need to like he could say fucking anything, and it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah, no, you, you're spot on. I just want to I, I want to really attack the productivity point that he's making. Oh, yeah, because it's it's completely fallacious to assume that education equals productivity gains. It's completely yeah. fallacious. Um, when you already have uh, an over-educated workforce, essentially. Yeah, for sure. It deserves discrediting. And the areas in which we have skill shortages mm. are not academic areas, right? Mm. They are polytechnic areas, TAFE areas, mm. um, which I would say the majority of migrants are going to be reasonably well-equipped to deal with, mm. you know. If, 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 assuming that they are coming from countries in which this so-called unskilled labour is the main means of employment. Mm. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The on-paper unproductive ones are potentially going to be more productive. Yeah. But it's a furphy to suggest that because Morrison's right. Mm. And and I hope he enjoys hearing me say that because I know he <laughs> listens and I know he's tired of how little I appreciate him. <laughs> if you want the economy to grow... Mm. the best uh, policy is to introduce more people to it. Yeah, sure. It's simple. That's like, even when I was very young, that never tracked because people were like, you get more people and the jobs are going to go down. But like, even yeah, as a young, a each very country person, is assigned like, a set number of jobs yeah. at birth. Yeah, and if <laughs> and it has nothing to do with how many consumers there are in the country, it doesn't make a fucking <laughs> lick of sense. Yeah, it's always, hey, we have a skills shortage in uh, the immigration ministry, so perhaps we could allow in some educated, uh, nice European immigration ministers to to fucking <laughs> shake things up a bit. Although, with the way that European attitudes on immigration are going, maybe that's not the best thing either. Yeah, well, in fairness, they're going all over the place. It's not just bad. Mm. It's going up as well, and it's it's going confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, shall we? Yep. That's Barry, Barry Dutton. Goodbye, Dutton. I don't know where to start, because I have... Uh, let's start with the vegetables. Uh mm. I actually quite like the buttered vegetables. These are not buttered vegetables. Ah. All right, this is from Ian Verenda for the ABC. How government inaction fueled Australia's renewable energy boom. Sounds like an interesting use of the word fueled there, Kieran. Yes. Well, it's Sounds like... Journalists can't resist it. He's suggesting that this happened because of government inactivity, mm. not despite government inactivity. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, look, it's, uh, for the most part, just an informative article. It's saying that, you know, uh, private employment of uh, renewable energy is increasing and, you know, businesses are taking it up even though the government isn't doing anything about it and sort of... Yeah. Well, t 10 years ago, Labor said they were going to hit a 20% mm -hmm. emissions target by 20 2030, 30, I think. And, and we're already at like 17.5%. It's looking like it's going to be 30% within the next two years. That's amazing. That's Imagine what we could be doing with some government support. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very good that it's happening. But yeah, this is exactly the thing. This is where this article becomes a little disingenuous. Uh, Verenda writes, it is a triumph of economics over ideology. 
This is because renewables are cheaper and better. Yeah. Essentially. It's absolutely not a triumph of economics over ideology. It's a eventual breaking point of economics in the face <laughs> of ideologically well, driven policy. This is this, but this this is the constant um, rubbish that you hear that economics is somehow not an ideological pursuit. Mm. That there's some sort of objective. I know I, I said Morrison was being re- reasonably yeah. objective before, but that's within the very narrow confines of treasury policy. Yep. Economics is not an actual science. It's a sociology. So it's inherently ideological. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's important to have a point of view. Otherwise, yeah. facts are useless to you anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's a couple. Th- look, there's a couple of problems that I have with this. Uh, one is we shouldn't be celebrating neoliberal market solutions to government policy problems. So, hooray that it's happening! But fucking yeah, imagine where we could be at. There are places in the world that years ago managed to transfer to 100% renewable energy. I understand that that might be dependent on their geography and the the weather and sort of water features and stuff of their... And how uh, much electricity they're generating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what they have to generate and how much they are. But uh, that's 100%. You know, if we're still kind of chugging along to 20%, we shouldn't be having to wait for this market tip to fix this thing which is really just sort of minimizing the amount of harm that we can do to the massive disaster that we've already put in place that can't be fixed well german renewables firms have started up in australia they were going pretty reliably from about five years ago working at a reasonable scale Mm. um and were blown away at the underutilization of renewable energy in Australia, geographically, our mm. pretty much our worst inhabited location for yeah. renewable energies is superior to Germany's best inhabited location for renewable energies. Yeah, and they have made a lot more hay out of it than we have. Yeah, I mean, we have tons of sun in huge parts of the country in largely unoccupied land, uh, except for maybe in places like Victoria, where half the year it's overcast and uh, windy, though. Yeah. And tons of fucking rivers and shit. Like, yes, anyway, it's it's frustrating. We all know the, uh, the, the fucking problems with the argument that the government has made in the past and how all of this kind of goes back to the carbon tax debacle and shit of the Kevin 07 days and a lot of problems prior to that the leader of the free world would say a lot of problems yeah yeah but um it's fun it's good it's a it's a a good Mm. news story in a way but it's also because of the lack of coordination because of Mm. the lack of government impetus because fair's fair to the private sector because of the level of confusion around investing and coordinating in the industry that the government created yeah it's too late. It's good that it's happened, but it's too late. Yeah. We need to... Ca- carbon neutrality is not enough. We, no. we need to become carbon negative. Yeah. We need to find a way to get the shit out of the atmosphere. Yeah. It's... 
it's a lost battle. It's not even a losing battle anymore. No, it's a lost, it's a lost battle. battle where we have to adjust to our post-ecological uh, disaster world that we'll all be inhabiting. But because it's happening gradually by a human perspective, uh, people uh, under the... Yeah, but it's not that gradual. It's already no. perceptible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely perceptible, but it's just gradual enough for idiots to... For old people. Yeah. So, quickly, here's my second problem with the article, and this is a problem of uh, reportage. So, good old Ian, to his credit, takes a paragraph of the article to explain that during the big public debates over renewable energy, politicians would repeatedly say that renewables couldn't provide the base load uh, necessary to service people that coal could. He points out that base load doesn't mean that. It's the minimum amount that a coal plant can produce without having to be turned off and right. then take days to oh, fire yeah, up to again. reheat all the water, the megatons of water that you need. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so coal plants were wasting, it, not only producing yeah. horrible carbon-rich air, mm, but, but producing doing excess. so unnecessarily as far as our energy uses were Yeah, and concerned. renewables don't really have a baseload sort of situation. You can turn you can them just on turn and them on and off. off. So credit to Verenda for pointing that out in this article. My problem is when this public debate was going on, where were the reporters explaining that? Yeah, or the engineers themselves, you know. Yeah, who need the reporters to provide well, a platform. Not, not at them. that point. Uh, we were I mean, already at a point where they could have just come out with well, it. Well, yeah, tweeted or you whatever. Know. Well, not tweeted, but they could have, they could have done some sort of uh, pamphleting, emailing. There are ways to campaign without the press. If yeah. It's, if it's a kind of end-of-the-world type situation. Yeah. It's also was always a bullshit argument because the people who were saying, oh, look, you know, renewables don't generate enough baseline power. Like, well, yeah, because you haven't built any renewables. Yeah. And also, Start like... Inve- no one was suggesting that we just spontaneously turn off all the yeah, fucking current and power stations. start making renewables. Yeah. yeah. Like, then, then, you know, the sooner we start, the sooner we're done. Mm. Come on. Yeah, and that is the thing that the private sector has been doing this whole time with domestic solar panels, right? Is it's like, if you pay to put solar panels on your roof, then that goes into the grid and, you know, you don't pay for that. Yeah, energy. you can you can recoup your expenses by selling surplus en- energy back into the grid, which great idea. Yeah, um, you Kudos know, to the private sector again, I guess. Can't look, believe what has become of me this episode. It's, look, remi- <laughs> it's okay to give credit where it's due. The mm. problem with capitalism was never that it wasn't capable of being productive. Yeah, the the problem is uh, more of a you know social justice issue than a productive capacity issue yeah 100 percent. and and you know ultimately their triumph is fine mm. it just it would have been uh, possible for this problem to not have arisen in the first place if we had had coordinated government action yeah 100 percent. anyway that's enough fiber in our diet uh what's your next headline darcy more fiber i'm afraid kieran Uh, That's right. All right. Let's get it over with. This article comes to us from Helen Davidson. Mm -hmm. David Dungy in Quest. Shocking video shows prison officers restraining inmate before death. Mm. This is uh, nothing new, like, but... 
Like this happens every fucking week. Well, Let's in hear fact, about this, this happened in 2015, but the inquest has ah, got around to that bit where the press are allowed to have a nosy about it ah, and the public are allowed to look at bits and pieces of it. Wonderful. This occurred in Long Bay in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. We have uh, David Dungy Jr., a man with mental health issues, who was in the uh, essentially psychiatric section of the jail. Mm-hmm. He was eating biscuits. He was what? He was eating biscuits. Taxpayer-funded biscuits? Well... Scarfing them down? Actually, no evidence as to whether they were taxpayer-funded. They may have been uh, purchased with his own... No, no. With his own funds. No. Uh, in which case... Taxpayer-funded biscuits. In which biscuits. case he would have been subsidising the uh, criminal justice system. So, you know, let's not rush to conclusions. The um, point is... Is this a case of a <laughs> he hero was, of industry being cut down in his prime? This <laughs> this is a case of a man who was assaulted by five... A man who was known to have mental health problems mm. assaulted by five fucking screws because he wouldn't stop eating his biscuits. It's fucking uh, disgusting. Yeah. And he was, again, um, he you know, he, he, he did die. He was assaulted to the point of death. Mm. Because he was eventually not able to breathe. Yeah. His protestations that he could not breathe were ignored of by course. a guard who incorrectly pointed out that if you can tell me you can't breathe, you can breathe. <laughs> which is... <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Of course he's Fundamentally not true. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, once it became clear that he did in fact have uh, respiratory issues of a pretty outstanding and ghastly nature. Yeah. The screws performed some uh, fairly... Well, in fact, here we go. (laughs) The uh, medical expert uh, we have here, Jason Downing, described their treatments as being incompatible with survival. So there you go. Jesus, yes. I love uh, when Fury in a scientific or medical professional gets bound up in extremely, <laughs> like, clinical language. Yeah. In, uh, the New South Welsh ambulance team apparently did a very good job when they arrived, but it was mm-hmm. too late. Yeah. Because the simple process of doing the old um, chest pump, that's all, all they needed to do, mm. basically, was keep him breathing through... Um, yeah. CPR. CPR. Yeah. Was not followed. Of course it wasn't. In fact, he was given a sedative. Oh, fucking wonderful. Yeah. This, like, gets me every single time it happens. Because it's just malice on so many levels. It's the clear expression of a mindset where the screws believe that they are righteous warriors of justice. And that criminals or people in jail are inherently sort of anti-social reprobates who are just purely a stain on society. He was eating fucking biscuits. It it doesn't take five people to restrain one person. It doesn't take any people. If if someone's got mental health problems Mm. and they're doing something that is against regulations but is also fundamentally harmless, you can wait for them to finish and then you can take action, right? If you need to 
yeah. instigate some I would go so far measure. as to say even uh, not in the case of a psychiatric... Like, it's obviously no, doubly I, so in this case, but, like... In this case, if it's, it's eating the biscuits, but... burliest, sanest, fucking nihilist murderer in there, you just let him eat the fucking biscuits, and then you go, like, all right, mate, well, Granted, no yeah. more biscuits. That's also true. But it's just doubly disgusting I mean, in this case. I don't know why he wasn't allowed to eat the biscuits. Perhaps... Yeah. That, that maybe he was being punished for some other infraction or something. It, it doesn't yeah. go into why he wasn't allowed to eat the biscuits. It's just, you know, fundamentally never acceptable to use force against anybody as he, yeah, he's yeah. eating biscuits. Even if, if they're your biscuits. Yeah. You're not allowed to hit somebody for eating No, them. this is something that we're taught as very <laughs> small children, <laughs> that you shouldn't just fucking bash somebody for eating your biscuits, let alone their biscuits or somebody's biscuits or any biscuit biscuit (laughs) based infractions are fucking well outside the scope of physical retribution i I think you were being a little bit kind to the uh to the prison officers before though because you implied that they viewed themselves as being agents of justice i think that's how dealing with scum i think you're being a little bit generous I think they are just maladjusted fucking psychos. Oh, yeah, they are. But those people... (laughs) I don't think they have any illusions that they're, like, making the world a better place. Really? Screws? I don't reckon they do. I think they're just weak loon bags. I mean, possibly. Or sadists, just sadists who found a source of employment. You definitely find, I don't know, maybe it's different with screws, but, like, they're fundamentally kind of, like the goblins to cops orcs right so they're like (laughs) these weird little sub cop creatures and like that's a a common pathology in cop fucking yeah no but i can i can see that there would be police especially like police detectives and stuff who who believe that they are the thin blue line you know i just i just don't think screws are under that kind of illusion i can picture them this is the one one of the good things that reality tv has given us is like little snippets of idiots behaving in certain ways so i haven't seen any specific screw reality tv but i can picture now in my head the scene of him going back to his wife and being like oh we yeah we lost one today you know it just it got out of hand or whatever and her being like oh no how do you feel and he's like well you know not too good and she's like well at least you you know you're doing the right thing you're protecting society out there and him just staring into the middle distance and being like yeah yeah i guess he knows <laughs> it's not true but that's what he needs to shield i i, I think it's just a the fury of an authoritarian who's yeah i mean i don't had their instructions be ignored it could have been anything but i don't think that those two things are incompatible no possibly not i mean this is an extremely (laughs) insignificant semantic point maybe um uh not a semantic point a fine point of pointlessness yeah it sucks man there's like an eight-minute video of the um, force they used against him as well. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that it, one. No, it there was, was a time in my life where I would have. But, but it's 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 not like a, one of the officers was frustrated and lashed out or something. It was yeah. a systematic and yeah, it calculated assault. I've watched enough of these fucking things. Uh, the one where the autistic guy was fucking beaten to death in a U.S. cop shop for. I don't even remember what, but yeah, it's all, it's systematic. There's always like one guy who's raring to go. Yeah. I haven't watched this video, but 
And then the rest of them are just kind mm. of submissive personalities who yeah. f- do their hierarchical duty. Well, the world sucks. What has the inquest found? The inquest um, has found... I'm going to have to bring my notes back up. That's right. The inquest has um, come down very heavily against the correctional Good. officers. Um, for, yeah, correcting somebody's uh, state from being a living person to a dead person. Yeah. But it's not finished yet. Oh. It's, well. it's, it's still underway. Mm. However, you will be pleased to know that the uh, Commissioner of Corrective Services mm-hmm. told the court through his lawyer yep. that a number of policy and procedural changes had been made as a result of the death. Oh, that's wonderful. They're they, revising their they biscuit protocol. They have a new use of force policy ah. designed to detail the warning signs of positional asphyxia, yeah. including... An inmate saying that they cannot breathe. Well, I mean, that's good, but I just picture some meathead fucking crushing somebody's sternum against the concrete floor of a cell and his friend being like, no, no, no. Remember, uh, 15, article 15. Remember article 15 of the use of force policy. I can't count to 15. (laughs) Or spell article. A-R-T-I-K-A-L. (laughs) <laughs> I hope they go to jail. As long as we have jails, these are the people that I hope are in them. Exclusively jails populated by people who have abused the power system of jails. Yeah. May the judge be their judges. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, shall we? Yeah, let's let's leave that particular uh, horror behind us. Have you got something funny? Uh, well... Oh! It's... Look, it's... it's we should have called our show something else. <laughs> <laughs> Weakness for... Hey, ju- look, don't worry. I, I have some incredibly funny stuff coming up in a minute. Here, this is a vegetable still, but it's like a delicious savoury potato. Okay. All right? With cream, yeah? Our... Yeah, sure. Uh, our favourite man, the leader of the free world... Donald Trump. This is from the ABC. I didn't write down who wrote it. Donald Trump labels EU a foe ahead of Helsinki summit with Russian leader Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I mean, to him personally, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about this specifically, but I think we need to, every couple of weeks, just check in on what Donald's doing. Because a lot of things have happened since we last talked about him at any length. He's doing this fucking crazy summit with Putin. He's <laughs> met with the Queen. The fucking uh, Russia investigation is going badly for him. Oh, yeah. The fucking uh, child concentration camp shit has, like, ratcheted up in a very big way. No, he, he lost that talking. argument with himself in both directions, very impressively. <laughs> he forced himself to do something about it, but he was thwarted by himself. Mm. It's getting really intense Yeah, in that fucking baked-out brain. It is, it is. And, like, I, may, I always thought that the people who said he was, like, a full Nazi and an authoritarian were maybe oversalting the biscuit, <laughs> but I can, I can maybe can now legitimately see, see that going, yeah. transformation coming about, especially with the fucking Skeksis that he has in his high council. And people um, forget the death camps weren't discovered by the German people until they were discovered by the Allies. Yeah. They, in, in, in some respects... 
Trump is on the record being worse than Hitler was in public. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's less crafty. He's dumber than Hitler, but... Yeah, well, and he's, he's, he's also up against a far more formidable media network. Yeah, but also, yeah, do not underestimate the capacity of his administration to do horrible, horrible do you, things. Do you think this is the closest Vladimir Putin's ever come to feeling human joy? Maybe. <laughs> No. Maybe. I think there was that one time that uh, the KGB made him <laughs> Just, raise yeah. a puppy for a year and then strangle it. I oh, think yeah. he felt pretty good then, but... Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't call that human joy, though. No, no, I guess not. It's his typical crocodilian joy. But yeah. This is like... I think he is fucking... Just this chuffed. actual sense that after, after a lifetime of playing really difficult and dangerous games mm. and getting through forget there's nothing inevitable about Putin's successes he gets no. through by the fucking skin of his teeth yeah. every single time yeah suddenly he's just had the oh, gift from opus. god right yeah <laughs> the american president screaming at nato and running over to moscow yeah. Wagging his little tail. Yeah. <laughs> For a one-on-one meeting where I mean, nobody else know, is allowed to be He's not a friend. He's, he's not an enemy. Yeah. Ma- maybe he could be a friend. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Germany is an enemy. I can't do a good Trump. Uh, <laughs> he's got a fucking weird voice. He it's does. hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The problem is you've got to skate past all of his recent things and remember that he's essentially, like, quite a soft, uh, like... E entertainment news. Yeah, ironically, like for the way he kind of was portrayed by a lot of his base, he is not a man's man. No, 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 he not spent at all. Like ten minutes talking about fucking hairspray when he was doing that rally in Pittsburgh yeah. for the miners. Yeah, <laughs> it was this great shot of this guy in the background, like in his you know like pit gear, kind mm. of gave it gave it a laugh, and then Trump kept going. You know, it's just incredible. It, you have to apply. You have to apply this stuff like four times. Now, in the eighties, it was so good; it would just hold. Yeah, and you could walk through the rain, and it was fantastic. Well, this this, this guy behind you just going, like, "Oh my god, you're actually going on yeah. this one." Yeah, <laughs> you're going to do this. He's a vain <laughs> fucking New York socialite. He spent so much energy saying that Vogue was better when Anna Wintour was still the editor and that didn't tip anybody off. And now, yeah, he's got his, like, bad boy that he runs to. I'm pretty sure he thinks that greenhouse gases are actually what they pump into greenhouses. I'm sure he does. That that tracks 100% to me. I I've seen people work in greenhouses. They seem fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I thought they were supposed to be warm. Fuck that guy. And now people are like, people are talking about how crazy it is that he's meeting with Putin completely alone and that no members of press or even like aides or anything are allowed to be there. Yeah, if you think that's crazy, you're, you have not built up the tolerance I have. I don't think it's crazy, what but about, I think like, it's, this is what I'm talking about when I see the authoritarian turn yeah. that people used to be talking about that I was a little bit blind to. This one is like, yeah, that's suspect. It is suspect. Especially because he's the most easily, like, manipulated man in the world. Yeah. He spends five minutes with people and just completely <laughs> comes around to their point Donald, of view. Donald, I'm to tell you something. I like mm. you. I like the cut of your jib and mm. I need you to do something for me. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I love to help. I'm a helpful guy. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of fake news. Yeah. What the fuck? 
is going on? And yeah, he he hates the EU. He hates the EU because they've responded to his stupid trade war really effectively. Yeah. Like, massively, with probably the most efficient and brilliant response you could think of, which is, all right, all of your allies' constituencies and only your allies' constituencies are being targeted by our reciprocal tariffs. How yeah. does that feel? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But he doesn't understand tit for tat. He won't even pay people for jobs that they've done. No. He can't understand revenge. He's also playing a a game where if somehow America manages to win a trade war Mm. with China, which they won't, but if they do, the positive effects will not be felt until many years after Trump's presidency. Yeah. The short-term pain is going to be immediate. Yeah. Xi Jinping does not have to worry about re-elections. He <laughs> yeah. is the Red Emperor now. Yeah. Donald Trump has got another two years. This yeah. is a fucking the most stupid move ever. Yeah. Yeah, but he... If, Jing, if, if, if the people crack it at Jing, he can just shoot them. Mm. Like, he's not going to blink over this. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But he doesn't think about... Uh, policy or long term or and now strategy. He's Europe just... has lost Britain. That's yeah. like the one voice of I don't think we should beat America up has just left the room. Yeah, <laughs> there's no friends left. Hey, he's still got us as long as we've got the libs in there. Yeah, co-signing. Got, I mean, we're talking about people with leverage, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have leverage. I, we can't even make New Zealand do what we want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's never like you've got to understand that Jabba the Hutt is a very powerful creature, but he is nothing without Salacious Crumb, and that's, that's true. That's us sitting on his shoulder, going, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um. That's a fucking terrifying image, but we are, aren't we? Yeah. Also, Trump and Jabba the Hutt, uncanny resemblance, now you mention it. Yeah, no, people haven't really made that connection. Maybe they have, probably I think they because have. Jabba's, like, quite an astute and dangerous yeah, he's villain, a- but he's intentionally dangerous. He's not yeah. just a blundering fuckwit. Yeah, he's a, knocks he's a everything successful over. mobster, not... Uh, he's more like the Bantha? Is that the... The Rancor, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, is this the pit beast? Yeah. He's more like the Rancor in that he just can't stop eating. <laughs> that's a, so I'm waiting for another headline about Trump's uh, dietary uh, habits because oh. that's the funniest shit to me. What did you need apart from well-done steak with tomato sauce? Oh, it's everything is great. Did you oh. read the one about the the guy who serviced on Air Force One talking about his requirements for McDonald's and no. shit? It's fucking, it's phenomenal. It's really good, but it's also old news, so not our purview. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep going. We've checked in with Donny. We'll check in with him again. I'm sure soon enough. Just didn't want him. Didn't want him to fade from view. It's- Felt that he wasn't sort of hugging enough of the limelight. It's pretty imminent. This is kind of from last week, but it's, you know, this is the closest we could get. Uh, Brexit's engine has fallen out because Mm -hmm. Bojo Mm -hmm. has jumped ship as well as uh, David Davis. Yeah, great. 
It's fucking brilliant. What is he doing with himself now? Boris. Boris. Distancing himself from this disastrous fucking project as quickly as he can. Fuming that David Cameron got out of it before he did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was was the bet. That was the brinksmanship that they were explicitly engaged in. Also, Boris Johnson has been out Boris Johnson by um, Julian Rees-Mogg. Yeah. Who is 1,000 times more of an out-of-touch Etonian pure blood oh, yeah. than Boris Johnson yeah, will ever be. 100%. You know, if there's anybody who does not have any Turkish or American heritage, it is Julian Rees-Mogg. <laughs> <laughs> A man who names his children after popes. Jesus fucking Christ. And responds unironically to journalists in Latin and ancient Greek. Yeah, the most sympathetic thing. He's like, this will be so fucking charismatic. Everybody respects a scholar. Not even realising that people don't even respect real scholars in the fucking press, let alone fake... Uh, the Tories love him, though. The young Tories think he's the best. Oh, of course they would. <laughs> they really do. They don't see at all mm. that... Uh, the horrible caricature thing it doesn't tend to work. Yeah, they love, but yeah, Boris is Boris is knackered. This is this is the end for him. He's made yeah. himself so unpopular while he was foreign secretary. Well, his his political career has to be on a wind down. Like, there's no way that he comes back from this as no. any sort of senior or important minister in no, any Boris's future government. Boris's power came from the public perception that he was essentially a, a, a good bloke. Yeah. Maybe a bit of a Tory, mm. but basically a, a soothing patrician figure with a good sense of humour who could be trusted to do a good job. Yeah. And he's completely fucking thrown that out of the water. Yeah, he's he had all of his... Cult- a, 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 a British citizen's fucking... Illegal imprisonment in Iran. Far from commuting it, he got them to double down on it. Yeah. He's on the record as saying that he knew Brexit was a bad idea, but didn't like David Cameron and couldn't bear to support David Cameron. Mm. That's literally why he was to damage David Cameron. Just pure petty. Just just malice. Just absolute malice. Yeah. He... He did so well for a Tory at accumulating social capital and then just spent it all on a series of extremely public blunders. So, yeah, what is he? Private sector, I guess. Um, yeah, if they'll have him. If, if, if I suppose he'll probably do very well in America, actually. I don't know if he's got yeah. much of a future in the UK. Oh, my God. A Boris Johnson talk show in the US. Yeah. Could be that. on the cards. Give me that. So much. The problem, with, <laughs> the problem with Piers Morgan is, like, he was a reprehensible dickhead, but, like, so much less entertaining than the best reprehensible dickheads that the US has to offer. This is true. Boris also, would be a fucking superstar over there. Piers Morgan is uh, a, a sort of narcissist who genuinely believes that he's a force for good in the world. Yeah. Whereas Boris is just a pure narcissist. So he can play much more amusing games than yeah. Piers can. And Boris is roughly ten times smarter than Piers Morgan. Who That's a, true. A bona fide Although so are your shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, poor Boris. Poor Boris. Poor old Teresa, though. So Teresa May is now in a position where she has got basically only Remainers mm. in the cabinet, the backbenchers stacked with Brexiteers. Yeah. And nobody with any actual uh, moral authority amongst the British public who yeah. supported Brexit. 
representing her negotiations on any level. Yeah. So this is going to be a domestic and international disaster for her. Mm. And I cannot see a way out for her. It's, it's Maybe she should have kept Pretty Patel as a sacrificial lamb or something. Yeah, yeah. It's important to manage resources. She's now out of scapegoats. Yeah. Basically. But, like, it could just be that I don't understand the finer points of international diplomacy, but the fucking problem there seems completely intractable. Like, she can't get anybody to give her a proposition to the eu that doesn't involve asking again for the trade freedoms that they've already said they can't have yeah well this is the the sad thing is britain will inevitably rejoin the eu at some point Mm. but they before they left britain was the most privileged member state in the european union by a gigantic oh, margin yeah. massive yeah the they were privileges making out like fucking bandits britain got and, and and the exceptions to um policies that no other member states enjoyed mm. gone they'll they'll if they get back in they are gonna have to eat so much humble pie they'll possibly be in need of a stomach pump yeah and it will in the meantime have done incredible damage to the economy yeah but, um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see where, where, we, where, where we go from here. Mm. How can they negotiate what they negotiate on? Yeah. We, we still don't have any positions that the Europeans haven't told them six months ago were not acceptable. Yeah. She uh, either asks for more time mm. or tries to see if uh, they can, I don't know, Wrangle another referendum, maybe? Yeah, I mean, that would be one of the, the best of a series of terrible options for them. One of the problems is that the no vote rolled up quite a few different factions. All, mm-hmm. Sorry, not the no vote, the, the exit vote. Yeah. And a lot of factions rolled up in it. Some of them wanted a completely clean break with the European Union. Mm. Some people was bought the lie that you could have a Norway stroke Switzerland type situation. Yeah. There were a lot of different positions. And a lot of that no voting block would have gone with Remain had they understood yeah. the extent of what leaving oh, yeah. meant. That, that vote will never get up again if they hold another referendum. No. The problem then is managing domestic discontent from... And, and by the way, a, a 52-48 split is not enough of a fucking majority to... To do something this, this monumental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That should, should have been a two-thirds majority. A hundred percent. Ridiculous. Um, at what point does the EU just get frustrated and turn it from a Brexit to a breviction and just um, cut them off? I don't think Britain's in danger of doing anything that mm. would trigger a, an expulsion. You have to... Brexpulsion would have been better. <laughs> Brexpulsion. You have to fuck up fairly horrendously to get yeah. kicked out of the European Union. Britain's not in any danger of doing that. I mean, aren't they the question- in the process of fucking up pretty horrendously by doing this thing and then negotiating in bad faith and <sighs> repeatedly... You've got to be able to demonstrate beyond doubt that they're negotiating in bad faith and i don't know if they are i think they're literally just n- n- never assume malice when stupidity will do yeah the the tory party are not super villains they're genuine idiots yeah yeah that's very true <laughs> that's 100 percent right. true and you, you, you're, you're talking right. about systemic collapse before mm. the Europeans seriously consider, or, you know, if it turned out you were literally working 
with the Warsaw Pact yeah. that secretly has sprung back up again or something. Yeah. Or, like, Poland and Hungary are having an interesting experiment at doing crushing democracy and returning to a very, mm. very, 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 very small and unsupported Stalinist kind of model, yeah. which will be fascinating to see how that goes. I suspect not well. Yeah. Um, the main danger for Britain is that the Europeans just say, right, that's it, that's two years, you don't have a deal. Mm. And between the American tariffs and the European tariffs, in fact, the whole world will impose tariffs on Britain by default because it'll be WTO trading rules. Yeah. Um, so they'll just, they'll just die. They'll just spontaneously die. Scotland will leave. Northern Ireland will probably leave mm. to avoid the border dispute and the tanking economy. Do you reckon they'll leave independently or uh, reunite? with the Republic. I would say... Which, which is the greater draw, the, the royalism or the Protestant Catholic I would say divide. the most likely outcome would be a two-step uh, movement of initially yeah. six yeah. independent counties and probably in 20 to 40 years a unification referendum. Yeah. And then maybe 10 years after that we can have another Irish civil war to really kind of... <laughs> cement the fucking gutter fire of this age i don't know ireland's gonna do very well out of brexit yeah i suspect Uh, provided provided we don't have a a, a horrendous border crisis Mm. Uh, but financially they will become the english-speaking capital of the european union yeah which will mean a very high gdp per capita increase for a country the same size as i'm ready for it i'm ready for the age of the celts i've got my irish passport yeah you sneaky robin looks irish i'll be able to get us in i'm a i'm one or two generations too far removed to get that passport god damn it i'll i'll find a way i'm sure you're entitled to an english one there'll be They'll be relaxing their uh, standards oh, yeah, on that. <laughs> yeah, but that'll just get me permanently banned from the New <laughs> Island. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I'll it's probably, very true. Yeah. All right, let's 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 bang on, because we've got a couple more things to get through before our main event, which uh, I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, but first... Uh, <laughs> Hiano Moza for the ABC. My kids joined a gang, and I couldn't be more relieved. So, is this another example of uh, terrible ethnic parenting failing to integrate into mainstream Australian society, Karen? Oh, I wish it was something so high stakes. This is just modern, uh, middle class fucking obliviousness and sort of milk toast optimism. Uh, so, Moses' kids. Uh, and all the kids on that street have formed the Arrowhead Gang, which is essentially just a social club for the kids, just a oh, way okay. to get the kids to hang out on so the street. in the same way that I'm a bartender at a lawn bowling gang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Your lawn bowl gang. <laughs> uh, well, that's disappointing. It's basically the same. I know, I know. But he talks about how we have to encourage our kids to be part of street gangs. And it's just interesting the way that he's turning this thing. Listen yeah. listen to this, because okay. there's so many problems, like, buried in this that he's just complete... He, she, they are completely oblivious to. Uh, listen to this. In our street, there are 13 children. However, an outsider would think that there are only nine kids. The number of kids in the Arrowhead gang. The children who haven't joined the gang are rarely seen or heard. So... 
we need to encourage our kids to join street gangs to be social with other kids. And then we have to ostracize the other kids. They'll never be seen or heard. They're on the outs. Because there must be something wrong with them if they don't want to play with your amazing kid. Yeah. That's the best. What do they do with this street gang? This is basically... I don't know. What, children who don't have the nows to do anything interesting? Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm for the gang. Stand around in a street. At this point in time, they're probably, like, you know, doing sick trick on their- sick tricks on their wheelies, or- Well, I'm not for that, that's- uh, Heelys. Fuck, I'm so out of touch. I Uh, went on a skateboard once, and I did not enjoy it at all, Kieran. Yeah, I used to skate a little bit, but I sucked badly at it. I Um, I did an ollie. Mm, that's more than I think I would. Didn't ever land it very well. Yeah, okay. didn't well, see the fun. That's a that's a crucial point. I didn't like stack. Yeah, that what, that's that what they say. I didn't stack yeah. it. Bro. Yeah, that's what they say. Or but you know my plaid shirt got caught in a hedge and it was. <laughs> of course it did. There was a lot going on. Of course it did. But this is what I think is perhaps the funniest outcome of this is the kids are hanging around and they're playing games or whatever but if the arrowhead gang keeps fucking going on as a thing eventually it's going to turn into like throwing water bombs at passing cars and then we're going to have lord of the flies response well it's just like the the potential for this to turn into an actual like mini gang is funny as fuck to me because i remember being a kid and the sort of mischief that kids get up to when they fucking congregate that's and true. how it's only going to take one kid like seeing uh you know his brother play 50 cent blood on the sand or something and be like you know what we need to do to be a real gang is fucking get violent and then there the will street- be one provocateur as well yeah and if moses plan to like export this system to other streets succeeds then you'll have a bunch of fundamentally opposed gangs just hanging out and (laughs) engaging in like child warfare and stuff and i can't wait i hope that they write a follow-up article oh wouldn't that be marvelous because the only like the other factor that will Mm. be an important part of this gang yeah as ron burgundy beautifully put it Mm. black Mm. At least one of these children is not Caucasian. Yeah. We know how the press responds to that, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Can't wait until Dutton gets on the horn and he's like, I've heard of a terrible thing. ABC we need to against the race Arrowhead gangs gang. running around. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a problem with Apex gang. We've got a problem with Arrowhead gang running amok in the city, building <laughs> fucking boxcar derby cars. Jesus. Migrant uh, children are actually uh, more represented at tertiary mm. education institutions than uh, non ch- children of non-migrants. Yeah, um, that applies to you know sort of second or third generation kids as well. Super low university. Australian culture gets hold of people really quickly. Yeah, like the laziness and the passiveness gets into within two generations everyone's just uh, yeah whatever mate it's a bloody road i'm not fucking touching it i wouldn't touch yeah. it don't go near it mate don't fucking think mm. rich for me to talk i keep not doing university but you yeah, know i feel like i'm an exception here and i feel like i'm an exception well you're different to the caricature that you just uh drew for us <laughs> thank you i'd like to think so yeah i've invested a lot of my personal time and energy and 
being the strange cultural freak that I am. Yeah, but it's, good. Uh, it's working for you. Yeah, this this <laughs> this ethnic gang's mm. furphy needs to be put to bed. This is not related to tangentially related mm. because the, the delinquency rates are lower, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what what the thing is. When I go out and about, I'm fucking less made less nervous by the bookish-looking Middle Eastern kids that are sort of, like, fucking uh, walking around Parkville because they go to Melbourne Uni or whatever than I am by the group of six or so clearly fucking dumb as rocks white dudes that are just, like, pushing each other, trying to push each other in front of cars and, like, other legitimately <laughs> dangerous, quote-unquote, social activities. Sharing their nang. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I did once get frightened by an ethnic minority person. Yeah, but I was possible. I was in the company of another ethnic minority person and I made oh. sure I wasn't being you racist. Got your, you got your she, beef afraid she, of black people. She fast. assured me that he was just a genuinely terrifying individual. Yeah. Oh, you're allowed to get scared by people of other races. It's just that- Whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't saying that, Kieran. Yeah. Slow down. Stop yeah. the recording. Yeah. But it's just, there are so many, like, sketchy white people in this fucking country that it blows my yeah, mind. Yeah, well, because most people, people in this country are white, so yeah. obviously most of the problems are going to come from white people. Yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty simple it's almost as if It's almost as if the statistics on this shit have more to do pretty with socioeconomic status than racial. Yeah. I said status. Status. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's the story of the Arrowhead gang. I just, I mean- I, I think it's kind of cute. I agree with Moses' point that, not like- not entirely sure why it's in a newspaper, but it's cute. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's cute. It's good that they're hanging out. It's good that Moses has a point that we are too isolated and alienated and atomized as people and that it's affecting kids as well. I just think it's funny as fuck that this, like- really kind of dumb initiative to do the like very 90s thing of co-opting a real cultural thing as the packaged up middle class version of that thing yeah it's just dumb there's a slightly blase aspect to it there's also there's something slightly disconcerting to me anyway Mm. about the idea of parents encouraging children to form street-based playgroups yeah i don't really get it children have got ample socializing time at school mm. they want to be by themselves it's probably well this is this wise is also to just the let thing. them be by themselves so yeah. i'll tell you what i would not have fucking appreciated one mm. iota yeah would be if my parents told me that i was going to leave the house after school and, and spend time with, with the, the other people game. on the yeah. street I'm like but my book yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's the one time in people's lives where they actually read regularly, yeah. so don't take that away from them. I wasn't, like, you know, not running up and down the footpath because I couldn't manage to. Yeah. Just had genuinely interesting things to do. Anyway. I mean, I think it's probably it's fine. fine. Whatever. Whatever. It's Good cute. luck, Arrowhead gang. Good luck, Arrowhead gang. And do, uh, do make your parents regret mm. their foolish, foolish endorsement of your nefarious activities. Yeah. All what right. Got for us. <laughs> I've got a. I've got a quickie. Yeah, that's good. This is we've got to get to. The, we've got to get to the thing. This is from the Spectator. Yeah. And it's from Daisy Cousins, my favourite. Mm. And it's called "No, We Don't Need to Talk About a Poo." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I disagree. It was only a matter of time before the fun police came for the Simpsons. 
about a decade ago based on their new material. The latest the victim f- of the, the anti-joy squad. It was only a matter of... The Simpsons has been going for so long. Yeah, and it hasn't been fun for ages. No. If, you, if you're still hanging were, on to the Simpsons as wow, fun... What the a, fun police shot the Simpsons yeah. when... Oh, what, 2004, I think, when Matt yeah. Groening said, I don't want to do this show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, like, they were issuing press statements from the fucking Fun Police press office the second the show started. Okay. The Fun Police have been out to get the you Simpsons. You have to remember as well. that if you're writing for The Spectator, yeah. everything that's happening is happening for the first time and yep. is outrageous yeah, okay. and is also something that's been going on for far too long. All right. Despite the fact that it's a new development. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear the rest. <laughs> the latest victim it. of the anti-joy squad is Apu Kaha... Oh, yes. Kahasa I thought you said Pemetalian. Kahasapepa Metalian. I don't, it's I it's mean, deliberately difficult to pronounce. It's not a real surname. I'm going to yeah. skip it. Springfield's friendly Indian migrant and owner of the Quickie Mart. Mm. Now, this is interesting, right, that this man has been described as part of the anti-joy squad because she introduces him as comedian mm. Hari Kondabolu. Yeah. Highlight, and who, who highlighted the fact that uh, in his documentary, The Problem with a Poo. Yeah that the character can be perceived as representing a harmful stereotype. Mm. Now, she then says, quote, and to be honest, he's got a point. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't follow up on that. No? She no. doesn't... She's like, well, she just sort of, you know, points out that the uh, the brilliant and very, very white Hank Azaria mm. does a uh, grating imitation of an Indian accent. Yeah. You can hear the caricature before you feel... See it, and the documentary aroused so much criticism that the Simpsons had to address it. Right? Yeah. But I like remember that, all of this. This but happened. so. But her follow-up is basically like, mm. yeah, he's got a point, and the Simpsons addressed it by saying, "quote We don't give a toss." That's her quote, not their mm. quote. Um. But then, yeah, she she just leaves. She's like, yeah, but so it's just, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous the arrogance of the moral progressives, and it's like, what about all? What about the? What about the bee man who's from Mexico, <laughs> or, or the fat nerd who runs yeah. the comic book shop, or the fact that everyone's a caricature kind mm. of thing? I'm like, well, you know, I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, she points out that the African American doctor, yeah, Doctor speaks Hibbert. in a highly anglicized fashion, which is apparently a some sort of reference to something that's offensive as well. All right. I think she's making some of these up. Yeah, I I think she is. I don't think that the that the bumblebee man is a thing that Mexicans are famous for. I mean, it's making fun of Mexican television, which is crazy. It's well, not making fine. fun of Mexicans. It's making fun of their insane, like, daytime TV shit. Ah. As far as I know. So she sort of spends most of the article just list pointing out that various characters in The Simpsons are caricatures of yeah. something or other. Um, and she concludes that because people are not simultaneously and equally outraged by every yeah. single instance of caricaturing and stereotyping, yeah. um, that it's... Yeah, in fact, she, she, the quote she finishes on it, either it's all okay or none of it is. It's just never been true. It's never been true. But it's also um, possible for people to take, like, an example from 
a group of specimens mm. and say, this is an example of a problem with The Simpsons because it is unwieldy and unnecessary for me to break down yeah. every single instance. My theory of everything. <laughs> Over 700 the past page doctorate. 30 fucking years yeah. that this show's been running. That is my, that's my legitimately one of my favourite self-defeating tactics of people who are up in arms about, like, protecting some cultural thing is when they're like, Oh, Apu is racist, is he? Well, in fact, the entire show is racist, so uh, I guess that defeats your argument. Like, it's fucking crazy to be like, oh, there's much, there's much worse shit in the show than that. Don't come for my fun show. <laughs> it's dumb. It's dumb. The Apu question a- is, is like, the fact that people get so defensive about it is crazy to me because it doesn't... Firstly, yeah, The Simpsons sucks now, so there's nothing to protect. So, of course, the spectator's defending it now because it's completely fucking dried up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's nothing left to offer. (laughs) So, suddenly the conservatives are on side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now that all semblance of fun and joy and spontaneity has been removed, it's just my cup of extremely weak tea. And Daisy Cousins, again, is, is a great one for banging on about this, like, politically correct authoritarianism. Yeah. Where, you know, this kind of amorphous group of invisible leftists is persecuting the shit out of anybody who dissents from our Stalinist ranks. Mm. Just want to point out that when Daisy Cousins was a feminist, Mm. which is a thing that she was before it failed to butter enough turnips for (laughs) her, she did an article. In fact, her last feminist article that I could find yeah. was, Dear Women, Please Stop Laughing at Sexist Jokes. Uh. And it was actually quite a decent little article uh, about how terrible it is that women are expected to share the mirth mm. of, of, of their own like debasement and uh, degradation yeah. at the hands of a patriarchal and you know corrupt culture. Yeah. That's a really a, fair point. It's a very, yeah, a, a strong part of, like, feminist studies. All, of, all of her feminist articles were quite humorless, though, right? Yeah. Did not mean bad. Not everything has no, to be funny. No, it's just the typical conservative thing of yeah, projecting but your own flaws onto Exactly the right. That you saw where I was coming a mile away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A hundred percent. It's fucking nuts. I didn't like being a feminist, so nobody else did either. Yeah. Jesus. I kind of quite like Daisy. I've got a weird soft spot for Daisy Cousins. I don't know why. I think it's her turns of phrase, which are quite fun sometimes. Mm. I think it's the fact that she does seem to take some genuine joy in Mm. what she thinks is challenging ideas. I'm not sure. There's something about her that I find slightly endearing. That's good. Good for her and you, I guess. But she's a loon. Yeah. <laughs> Apu is a little bit racist. I think we're allowed to fucking... A little bit. He's completely racist. Yeah. I think we're allowed to uh, acknowledge that maybe standards for... Yeah, stand- standards have changed quickly, right? Yeah. Think back to Little Britain yeah. and how acceptable Little Britain was in 2005. Yeah compared to if you tried to broadcast that now, people yeah. would go nuts. And it's not because people have lost their sense of humour. It's because more people are comfortable expressing the fact that they're not comfortable. Yeah. 
And because more more people in the mainstream have been opened up to this crazy thing called empathy, where they yeah. <laughs> have finally been able to understand where people are coming from. And, and the question of what is the value that I get from this racist art mm. set against the discomfort to you, a person who suffers from racial prejudice? Yeah. It would have to be a fucking huge amount of value. Yeah. And in the case of Apu now, on The Simpsons now, it's- Nothing. It's nothing. But it's, it's almost not like- homeopathy, the Simpsons now. <laughs> this was once in contact with a molecule of funniness. When it was possible to satirize American culture because it was only heading in this direction and hadn't actually arrived yet. Yeah. Alright. We must move on. We must move on. What a segue, brilliant as usual. I am pleased delighted to report that my final headline ah. is about the saviour Elon Musk. Praise who, him! According, Praise him! <laughs> Elon Musk can stick his submarine where it hurts, says British <laughs> caver who helped rescue Thai schoolboys with the subtitle uh, is just a quote, it had absolutely no chance of working, he had no conception of what the cave passage was like. This is one part of the fucking glorious meltdown that Elon Musk has been going through. Yeah. So, just from a, a, an initial intuitive mm. level, yeah. if trained divers yeah. are finding it difficult to navigate a passageway, yeah. what are the odds that a six-foot rigid inflexible metal cylinder is going to be able to do any better i mean yeah zero everybody (laughs) knew that the second that it did they i feel like some people were quite no except except for the church of musk but let's (laughs) let's walk through the timeline because it's so just it's so funny so the thai boys get trapped in the cave and an elite team of divers is set up to rescue them elon musk says i'm making a submarine uh when he announces that, they rescue the first group of boys, which we both erroneously thought was all of them, but that's fucking immaterial. Because he, uh, at at one point, a very trained, highly skilled diver dies in the cave. It's that treacherous. That's right. cave diving is one of the most notoriously dangerous things. All right. Elon Musk delivers his stupid fucking submarine, the SFS, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> posts photos of himself in the cave and like <laughs> hanging out at the meeting of the fucking the people who are organizing the actual rescue at all this time there are actual people actually rescuing these boys uh and then I'm doing uh, a really weird laugh now <laughs> it's funny I'm I don't trying blame you. not to laugh over you while you're talking <laughs> that's all right that's all right it's good uh he, uh, so that all of the boys are rescued and everybody is talking about how it's a PR stunt. It's nakedly a PR stunt, except for the Church of Musk, who think that he's a fucking genius. Uh, because he made a little metal tube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. It's not a submarine. Yeah. People need to fucking tow it around. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not a, it's just a chamber. It's let's, a metal yeah. chamber. Let's not get away from that fact that it's not an act of genius to design this vehicle. That <laughs> when you have that level of resources at your disposal, designing a, a, a cylinder <laughs> is not a tough- waterproofing shit for ages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck me dead. All right. So, <laughs> Musk picks up on this negativity and posts a screenshot of an email of <laughs> one of the dive team humoring him and saying, 
Uh, yeah, sure. Make the submarine. Why not? You can drop it off at the cave. Thanks for helping, I guess. Yes. Your heart's in the right place. That's good. To cash money would go better, mm. but yeah. That- yeah. <laughs> so, one of the men who risked their lives to rescue not a fucking tiny fraction of his assets, but his actual life, and who lost a fellow team member in the process- releases this statement. He can stick his submarine where it hurts. It's never going to fucking... It would never have worked. It's dumb. Uh, That's where things get really good. Because Musk... Oh, my God. Musk flips his shit. responds like some sort of really sleep-deprived megalomaniac might respond to this kind of statement. Yeah. He says, uh, fuck this guy, basically... (laughs) Uh, it's extremely suspicious that he's a British man who lives in Thailand <laughs> for some reason. He says, I'm going to make a video of you us. No, exactly. Firstly, firstly what, he says- You the know cave- what the reason was. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, he says, the cave's not even that dangerous. I, I saw it from the shore and it he was extremely still and low. He seemed to think that the water had been pumped out somehow. He made a reference to this pumping team that had got it down to like yeah. crawlable- Level. It's underwater. You can't yeah. pump out an underwater cave. He was like, look, it's not that dangerous. How do you think the boys got there in the first place? Which I love. Uh, I'm going to make a video of my team taking the submarine through this gigantic cavern that is apparently what he thinks it is. And then he says, sorry, pedo guy. Nobody's buying it. So he calls, like, perhaps the most recently enshrined international hero a pedophile (laughs) and promises to fucking make this video of his stupid fucking submarine getting snagged in the rocks. calling it a submarine. I like it. It's a crate. (laughs) It's a fucking crate. Stupid fucking sarcophagus. (laughs) It's... Fucking unreal. And at some point he called for the leader of the team to abdicate his position because yeah. he dared to suggest that this- Really politely as well. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you know, it's not fit for purpose for the current. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. I think he actually lied and said, oh, this is a really sophisticated machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good. It's not really what we're after because it's the wrong shape and mm. also- doesn't solve any of the problems that we're encountering. Yeah. But apart from that, like, yeah, no, good. Took the good. encouraging meter of a <laughs> parent who, <laughs> when they lose their wedding ring down a drain, their kid brings one of those gigantic, chunky plastic robot arms. And they're like, <laughs> good thinking. Good thinking. Thank you for that. I'm glad that you're trying to help mummy. But, uh, yeah, no. Oh, look, it's just not going to work. And then the kid is like, you're not fit to be a parent. <laughs> It's so dumb. It's so dumb. (laughs) And then he goes off and says, you know, I have got one of the best engineers in the world working on this submarine. Mm. He does things that go in space. Yeah. What? So an area in which he has limitless room to navigate. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) almost materially the the exact opposite of a cave. person to design something for on a grave. Oh, Space, which he has completely different properties of friction (laughs) and maneuverability. No relationship to an underwater cave. Certainly not enough to undercut people whose entire profession (laughs) and calling is literally swimming through 
like tight spaces <laughs> underwater. I don't know if 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 they ran into a sun underneath the, mm. his experience avoiding UV radiation could have been the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. If they had somehow taken a wrong turn, turn and found themselves in a weightless, oxygenless <laughs> void, he's left he's left the submarine. He's gonna leave it there in case anyone needs it later. Fucking hell! It's the funniest fucking thing. And it's then- funnier than that ridiculous that, that bit where it turned out he was part of that weird group of billionaires who were yeah. uh, like completely rational and convinced that there's a a, a reasonable chance that we're in a simulation and the way that they avoid sounding as mental as they are is that they say i'm not saying i believe that we're in a simulation mm. i'm saying i believe there is a reasonable chance that yeah. we're in a simulation that is a difference without a fucking distinction yeah yeah Listen, I'm a, I, I'll fucking get on board with simulation theory, but you just know that after the meeting where it they talked is, about it, Elon Musk went home and started unscrewing his PowerPoints, <laughs> looking for the fucking jack the in the amount of energy required to run the simulation of a universe. Let's not get sidetracked by simulation <laughs> theory. Um... Because there's more there's to the enough. Elon Musk there's meltdown. There's so much. Oh, uh, yes. Somebody rightly pointed out that he was maybe being a little uh, quick to call this man a paedophile with no Just because evidence. he wants to live somewhere warm. Yeah. Yeah, just where people aren't like Elon Musk. that's all that Thailand is good for, apparently, yeah. is paedophile safari holidays. Yeah. So somebody said that, like, look, man, that's, like, pretty harsh. I understand that your feelings are hurt, that he made a boo-boo on your heart. but And <laughs> Elon Musk said, uh, I bet you a signed dollar it's true, which is the ultimate arrogant fucking act, because obviously he's like, oh, and if you have an Elon Musk signed it's dollar, worth then you like can- four dollars. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> to the right buyer. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. I'll pay you four dollars for my autograph back. <laughs> Because I'll frame it. <laughs> it's soon to be worth twenty pounds, mm. but that's unrelated. Jesus Christ! I could not be more pleased with this turn of events. It's a fucking after, corker, isn't it? After <laughs> being on board that Elon Musk is a fucking stupid billionaire train for so long, oh, and didn't we call it in time as well? Yeah, yeah, and and like <laughs> there are enough people of that opinion that you know I never felt like a fucking rogue like psychopath or something like that but there are so many devotees of elon musk that it's impossible yeah. not to be like well you know yeah there's the and you know most of them are just going to decide that you know this this uh life risking hero mm. is a pedophile and yeah. should be hu- should oh, be hounded out of thailand i think there's a fucking like <laughs> non-zero chance that this person is badgered into suicide by the end of the month that's Ugh. how this fucking crazy terrible world operates oh, he sounds pretty tough <laughs> yeah that's true I, he's an actual fucking jesus christ uh i did see an amazing post. oh no he wouldn't have been able to get underwater if he was an actual jesus christ he'd have been stuck on the surface like a daddy long legs very good very pick up very Thank good you. pick up on my truncated sentence um i did see a post from the elon musk subreddit where somebody <laughs> was like elon i don't know if you read this <laughs> subreddit but 
I know if he reads the subreddit, it's, the answer is no. Of course he doesn't. Um, he was like, please, Mr. Mask, he didn't call him by his first name. He has too much respect for him to do that. Please, Mr. Mask. Mr. Musk just sounds like the nickname for a rapist, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Musk. Mr. Musk lived in a smelly house at the end of a smelly lane. Every day he drove his smelly car to his smelly office. This guy writes, please, Mr. Musk, like, I- I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I legitimately believe in your ability to change the world. Uh, turn back now. I don't want to believe that what people are saying about you is true. You still have to, the opportunity to turn back and go down in history. I don't know if that's true. No, 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 no. It's not you've true. Called, once you've called a child rescuing hero a paedophile yeah. without any evidence, I think you're pretty much stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the plea, the, the plea was just... You still have time. Go back and go down in history as the saviour of the people and not as somebody who did good until they went off the rails, which is an extremely generous, generous. like, this is not worst the case worst scenario. thing that Elon Musk has done by a fucking running mile. Yeah. Elon Musk essentially tortures his factory workers. Yeah. And he donated, like, something like $100 million to a super PAC that explicitly exists to keep a Republican majority in the House. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he is a self-proclaimed socialist, so that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just not the sort of socialist who would vote for the Democrats or a socialist party or not contribute materially to the Republican Party. (laughs) Right, yeah. I'm a socialist, I'm just not the sort of socialist who who believes in socialism. Use my... $20 $20 billion to start a rival party that would easily overwhelm both of the feckless yeah. and cowardly oh, incumbent fucking organizations. Don't say that. <laughs> don't give him ideas. I don't want the fucking. It's okay. I think he's pretty. I think, I think we're safe. Yeah. What a fucking bombshell. This is something where even Trump would have struggled. Yeah. I think if you if you call a man who rescues children a paedophile, mm. even just a white guy as well. Mm. Yeah, that's that's going to go down super bad with yeah. the bases. <laughs> it is. Oh my god. <sighs> it is very telling of the ridiculous world in which we live that it takes like this misstep to get people finally to start jumping ship. Yeah. But especially cuz there's, there's no indication that was the, the guy's name Vern? Vern something, I forget. There's no indication that he gives a flying I choose, fuck I, what Elon Musk yeah. says about him. <laughs> I choose not to remember the names of pedophiles. <laughs> I think that the media glorifies so them that too you much. Can, so that you can enjoy running into them again and again and <laughs> pretend to be surprised every single time. <laughs> Who's that so guy good. I said we shouldn't leave the kids with? Ah, fuck. I've never been... I mean, I know that... I know that Elon Musk keeps promising stuff and underdelivering, and that we're not getting that video. But I just cannot wait. I would for love whatever comes we, out of the attempt. I, I tell you what, I would be just great. It'll just be someone else. Someone, some diver is mm. going to just go down there and find a giant silver cigar <laughs> tube, fucking jammed in. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk will be like, okay. thanks to the brave efforts of the stupid fucking sarcophagus, that diver was unable to proceed and therefore avoided getting I trapped in saved, the cave. Yeah, yeah. I've sealed the entrance mm. with my fucking box. Yeah. Not a submarine. 
just a metal chamber. Just fucking Christ. <laughs> don't need an astro engineer to come up with a metal chamber. They those, had those, those videos in- and photos of them using it in a swimming pool. <laughs> proud as punch. <laughs> like, we have invented medieval technology. Yeah. We've <laughs> we've attached a fucking mason jar to an extremely rigid frame. And it's as tight as a dish, like it says in the Book of Mormon. Mm. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. I love it. He's oh. promised to fix Flint to fix the water supply. Oh, yeah. Well, look, to be if uh, good, I hope he does. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I, I hope it doesn't I'll, rehabilitate I'll, his I'll, public image. You know, I'll take any help for the Flint chaps. Mm. So, I mean, that's it. That's the story of Musk <laughs> for this week. <laughs> There's definitely another more. company, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Elon Musk Flint Michigan Salvation yeah. Company. Yeah. What a... Uh, how do you have a, that big of a saviour complex? This because, is thi- because he's been treated like one for years. That's yeah. why. And that's always been his only interest. He's not genuinely interested in helping people. He's not genuinely interested in helping the world. His interest is in being the guy who helped the world. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> it's fucking... It's phenomenal. It's, it's ongoing. It's only just been, like, in the last couple of days that the... Or like today that the pedo shit unfolded, so who knows what's What's next? Meltdown. I haven't actually. Do you want? Can have a? I'm just gonna have a really super quick look at the internet and just see see if anything's happened in the last hour and a half because it's possible. It's breaking news. Holy shit! He's dead. Oh my god! Don't I feel terrible? Would I? Vern Unsworth. Unsworth. Um. Nah, not like the, the apparently the spat is escalating, but that's uh Yeah. That's it's just more and more news networks are getting hold of it as more and more of the country yeah. has its sort of start of the day. Vern Unsworth, if you're one of the two downloads that we've received from the UK Which he wouldn't be, uh, obviously, uh, Kieran, because right he now. lives in Please Thailand, it, you mate. idiot. <laughs> Fucking escalate this shit. Everybody's on your side. I, I jeez, I hope he does. I, and my commiserations to anybody who was hoping to get some resale value on their Tesla as well. Yeah, or their Elon Musk autographed dollars. <laughs> Look, that's it. I've got a, I've got a picture of the, of the submarine. Yeah, it's just a fucking torpedo case. It really is. <laughs> it's just machined metal. Yeah, it's not. Any- so oh. it, it doesn't have any like motorization or anything no. like that. It's got it's got a cavity for an oxygen ta- for four oxygen tanks. Who gives a fuck? It's just a le- it's it's a cigar case. You could have asked a medieval armorer to knock that together for you. Yeah, there's no benefit to it. It's just like. A fucking ex- a rigid exoskeleton that increases your size. Yeah. And is half as efficient with it, oxygen it as means just having an oxygen it will, tank. It will hurt less when you bang into the rock that you wouldn't have hit if you weren't in an unwieldy cigar <laughs> yeah. case. Yeah. Which I'm sure that the kids are like, would have been really upset about like, oh no, I'm being rescued by legitimate heroes. But if I scrape my knee. He's actually man. got the fucking Daily Mail and the Guardian to take the same position on an issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is unreal. He is a fucking talent. So maybe there could be hope for unity and peace. Yeah, maybe. If he can do that, he can do if anything. If he can just make himself the enemy of every single person on the planet. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, every episode of this that we do, I come across something later in the week that, like, minorly uh, undercuts one little detail that I've spoken about or something. Yeah. No, it's painful. I know what you're talking about. I will be devastated if it turns out that Fernonsworth is a pedophile. <laughs> so will I. I think it's pretty. Mm. It's a reasonably safe bet that he's not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and also still better person than Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, th- this is a story of firsts. It could be the first time that somebody is outed as a pedophile and they're still the better person in the story. World still gives two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the self-restraint. He managed to spend five minutes alone in a cave with 15 boys and all he did was rescue them. Former priest, Vern Unsworth, hiding in Thailand. <laughs> Masquerading as Master Diver. Oh, fuck. Good on you, Vern Unsworth. Good on you, Vern Unsworth, indeed. All right. Our headline extravaganza has run a little bit long, but it's felt like a good chock-full episode. Gloomy start, but Mm. worth it for the end, I feel. Work through those parsnips. (laughs) Work through those green beans. Fill up on meat, but who who knew uh, that we would still have so much room for the best dessert? Musk. Part of me almost didn't want to touch the musk stick, but... Oh, are you kidding me? It I was, was... <laughs> was just like, ah, oh, it's, it's too obvious. I was like, yeah, well, heaven yeah. forfend, we pick up some listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for it. Yeah, no, I anticipate... I I am going to bring updates <laughs> on the musk thing as it unfolds. Because oh, I definitely. am delighted. I'm delighted by this turn of events. Definitely. Well... Dear listener, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you indeed. And farewell. Hey there, guy. Tap shit, mate. Best of luck next time.